Hi, and welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast for independent creators. I'm Susan Bond, and I'm the host of the show. Um, today, we're starting, um, we're having a conversation with John Bafford. Did I say that right, John? Yes. Oh, perfect. Great. And um, I, I don't want to spoil the story. Um, I will let uh, John tell you why he's here and what he's here to uh here to talk about, um, and I'll let you uh, take it away, John. So tell me a little bit about, yeah, just tell me the story that you were kind of alluding to before we got on the, uh, the recording here. I arranged with my, uh, with my day job that at the end of 2015, uh, I would no longer be a, a full-time employee. I would uh, still be available for uh, for contracting and emergencies and whatnot because I'd, I'd been there for forever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I didn't want them to lose the uh, uh, resource they, they had in me. And I they, they were all great people. So, uh, uh, and, and they were very, very uh, supportive in, you know, giving me, like, uh, or letting me have like six months, uh, basically I put in like six months notice. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was, that, that's a long time. Yeah. So it, it worked out for me, uh, and it worked out for them and everyone was happy. Uh, and, uh, so since I, I was, uh, then leaving my day job at the end of 2015, I would at the same time go full time with, uh, uh, with my startup, and you know, as, as things are uh, want to happen, it it just kind of fell apart. Uh, there and were how quickly did it fall apart? Um, it, it was probably a couple of months after that. It's amazing sometimes. I feel like uh, that happens sometimes, right? Like you're like, okay, I'm going to go for this thing that seems ideal. I know so many people who've had that happen, right? They go for something that seems ideal and for some reason or another, things don't work out and it do they don't work out pretty quickly. So, Right. Uh, so in November uh, of, of 2015, I, I decided, you know, I, I can't do the startup anymore. It's, it's just not working. Yep. Uh, so, uh, I left the startup. Uh, so that, br that brought me into, uh, uh, 2016 and I had no full-time job, no singular big side project. Uh, I, I, I didn't have anything to do with my time. Yeah. You were really untethered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So... Back in 2011, uh, I vaguely looked at uh, the Appalachian Trail. Mm -hmm. um, the Appalachian Trail is a nearly 2,200 mile long uh, footpath that goes from Maine to Georgia. And I looked at it. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like the outdoors. Uh, and I thought maybe it might be fun to, to, to hike the Appalachian Trail. But I had a day job and things that I needed to be doing. And it just 
and, and I had never actually camped outside before, so it wasn't going to happen yeah, then. Yeah, that's a never had camped outside before. I mean, yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel like that seems like that would be kind of daunting if that were me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fast forward back to 2015. Um, I was, uh, talking with some friends, uh, about my, uh, uh, newly available freedom and, uh, they suggested that maybe I should do the Appalachian Trail. And in the, uh, the four years in between, I would still not managed to actually go out, uh, camping. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I've never actually been camping before, so, and it's November, so I don't think that's going to happen uh, for a while, so I, I, I don't think so. Had you, I, I have a question. Had you ever even put up a tent? Uh, at, at the time, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like backyard or, okay, you'd never even put up a tent. So I grew up camping. And we traveled the country in a, in a StarCraft trailer, and then we also had a tent. So I grew up camping and setting up tents since I was, I, I mean, my whole life. So that's really, that would be very daunting. Anyway, okay, go ahead, go back to your story. So, uh, so December, a uh, group of friends, uh, we have a Secret Santa thing. Uh, so as kind of a bonus present, uh, the, that particular friend gave me a uh, little 40-page print-on-demand uh, book on tips for hiking the Appalachian Trail. Mm. And I flipped through it. It's like, well, okay, this, this looks interesting, but it doesn't actually really tell me anything I uh, wanted to know. So, so I, I kind of set it aside. It, it, it didn't really tell me anything, anything actionable, uh, I think. So, so fast forward to the beginning of February, and I'm at a, uh, at a party with, uh, and, and somehow the, the topic of the Appalachian Trail came up. Um, it's like haunting you, I swear. It was like in the air. It, 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 seemed, it, it's, it seemed like it. Um, I, I think the context was on uh, uh, taking pictures and then hiking mm -hmm. somehow came up. I, I, but I really have no idea uh, how the Appalachian Trail came up in context. And uh, I, I said that, well, I, I thought about doing it. Uh, but it's beginning of February and... If I were going to uh, do a through hike of the Appalachian Trail, do, so do the whole thing all at once, uh, I'd need to leave in March, so a month away. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fast. And, and you still have not set up a tent at this point. I've not set up a tent. <laughs> I'm I obsessed have... with the tent, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm like shelter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've not set up a tent. I've not gone overnight camping. The the only hiking gear that I have is a uh, uh, small backpack and uh, water bladder. 
Okay. So, so I mean, it, it's great for day hikes, uh, and I, I'd done plenty of day hikes, but I, I had nothing for overnight hiking. So, my response was that it, it'd be cool to do, but realistically speaking, I'm not prepared. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then I said that, um, but if I don't do it this year, I'm probably never going to do it. Those Beca are ominous words. Yes, they are. <laughs> it was like this line that you drew in the sand. Like, I, I don't think I'm ready to do it, but if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. That's pretty. <laughs> right. Because, you know, I, I was not prepared. And in a year when ostensibly I could be prepared, uh, I'd probably have found a new day job or, or, or found some other. Uh, right. You'd have, a you'd have something else that might impede you taking off so much time in order to do this. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was on a Saturday. And then the next Monday, that popped right back into my brain. Wow. If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then I decided pretty much right then, I have to do this. I have to do this. Wow, because it kept coming back in your head? Like, was there anything that said I have to do it? Was, do you remember any what that trigger was or was it just that it was like you know when something gets stuck in your head it, is that what more what it was yeah it was it, it just popped back into my head and i knew that this was something that i could do uh and if i didn't do it i'd never do it and i, I have a question what was it about never doing it that felt bad or wrong or scary or whatever like that about about it that made you say I have to do this out like you know or else I'll not feel great about myself. Well, it, I had the opportunity to do something amazing. Oh, I love that. And if I didn't take the opportunity when it was staring at me in the face, mm. then I knew I would probably regret passing on that opportunity. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. So, uh, so what I did the next day, I uh, went up to the local REI, and I uh, was very fortunate to uh, find someone there in their uh, shoe department. I, I was going to, to try and find hiking boots and maybe just you know talk with someone about the trail. And I was fortunate to find someone who uh, uh, section hiked the Appalachian Trail over two years. And so section hike is that, uh, like a through hiker is someone who does the whole thing, and a section hiker does parts. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, got it, just to make sure. Okay. Uh, specifically, a through hiker does the whole thing in one year. Got Yes, thank you. That's a, that's a good distinction. Uh, so... We, I, I, I was there, I, I figured I'd, I'd only be there for like an hour. Uh, and then I was there for like four hours. Uh, 
I hadn't had dinner. Did you walk uh, out with an armload full of stuff? I, I walked out with a pair of shoes and a uh, trail guide book. Oh, wow. I thought you'd walk out with like a sleeping bag and the clanking pans. And, but it, was it more like a reconnaissance trip that four hours, just kind of talking to people and getting your... It, it was very much recon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, what I hoped for and what I got was to talk with someone who had actually hiked the trail, uh, you know, kind of validation that, hey, I've actually talked to someone who's done this crazy thing I'm about to do. <laughs> Uh, so then over, over the next six weeks, I kept going back. I continued to buy equipment, um, the sleeping bag and, and trekking poles and water filter. Uh, actually the, uh, the tent was pretty much the last thing that I got. Oh, interesting. Um, because of availability and uh, changing of seasons and uh, oh, got what, it. what they yeah. have in store. Yeah, yeah, what you, yeah, because you needed to make sure you got something for the right season for when you were going to be on the trail. Exactly. Got it. Uh, and then since it was winter, they had more, more ski stuff, less hiking stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so... Over those six weeks, as I was collecting my uh, my gear, I did two uh, two test day hikes with about half of the equipment that I would need. Uh, so, in, in terrain that was not really very representative of the Appalachian Trail. Mm, okay. Uh, And then I was, and the important thing to note is neither of those test hikes were overnight. Aha. Uh -huh. So. Again, goes back to my tent that I'm obsessed with. Yes. <laughs> Shelter. <laughs> so the, the very first time I ever slept outside was day one on the Appalachian Trail. No. You, had you even set up the tent at all? I, I set the tent up twice in the store because I wasn't going to buy a tent that I yeah. couldn't actually assemble. I know, and tents can be so complicated and hard. I mean, they're much better these days, but boy, they can. You really want to make sure you know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, and then I, I sent it up. I set it up a couple of times uh, in my uh, in my bedroom just to make sure that I, I, I still remembered how to how to set it up, but. I, I the, yeah, the, the first night I slept outdoors was the first night on the trail. Wow, and the first night you, you put a tent up outside. Actually, it was day three, I think, was the first time I ah, set the tent up. But, okay, but the first time you slept outside was on day one. Yes. Wow, so, uh, can I ask a question here? Please. So, um, was there any point in the six weeks when you're preparing for this journey and you're buying stuff and whatever you're doing, you know, like informing people and saying goodbye and, you know, all those sorts of things. Was there ever a moment where you were thinking, oh crap, what have I done? I can't back out now, but oh boy, was this a not a great decision? So. 
Or even so, on the trail, I guess, either, too. <laughs> well, so I, I guess about two weeks before, mm-hmm. um, I, I was in the middle of a, of, a, of a bit of a panic attack because I still hadn't quite gotten all of my gear, and I still hadn't done a overnight trip, and... Uh, for some reason, I agreed to give a uh, a talk at a uh, local user group, which meant I had to resurrect uh, an old talk that I had given two years ago and, and update it uh, with new content. Uh, and I was just completely swamped with the pressure of, of getting ready to leave and the pressure of this extra responsibility I gave myself that uh, was, I'm glad I did it, but was also unnecessary. Uh, And I'm I'm just thinking, I can't do this. I'm not ready. I'm going to delay this for a week so that I can be more ready. Um, And so did you delay for a week? No, actually, then I got a uh, message from the uh, a friend of mine in Atlanta who was uh, picking me up uh, from the train station and uh, taking me to the uh, trailhead uh, to confirm the uh, the date, uh, the date and time that he was picking me up, and I decided that I didn't want to. Uh, tell him I was having second thoughts and was considering mm. delaying it. So I said, yes, that's exactly what time you need to pick me <laughs> yep, up. Yep, you put on like the, the grin and the confidence. You're like, yep, that's it. Yep, like cool the cucumber. I'm all good. I got this. <laughs> I mean, I love this story, John. I mean, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because um, now you work for yourself now, correct? That's correct. Yep, and 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 I I, I knew that. Um, and I, you know, the other thing is, is that I feel like there's parallels um, between you know hiking the Appalachian Trail and and then working for yourself, right? Because when you work for yourself, especially for the first time, you have never done it before. We've never metaphorically slept out in a tent and created our own shelter. And we have no idea what we're doing. You know what I mean? You can get information and you can talk to people, but, you know, there's a lot of parallels to working for yourself setting out on the Appalachian Trail. One of, one of the things that quickly became clear to me hmm. uh, was that no matter how much preparation you do, no matter how much you read, no matter how many test hikes you do, there's... The, the best way to prepare to thru-hike the Appalachian Trail is to actually thru-hike the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's just so much that you learn on the way that you don't realize before or, or people just don't tell you or you don't realize how important this thing was that you read uh, because you, you just you weren't in the proper frame of mind, you you weren't in the context to which it was uh, the, to which it applied. Uh, so I, I I went into the trail 
as well prepared as I could have been given the uh, circumstances, which is to say, I would not recommend anyone with no uh, overnight hiking experience to show up on the trail six weeks after deciding to do it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd recommend more preparation time, more like actually doing something even vaguely similar to what it is you're attempting. Um, and with, with working, uh, working for yourself, there, there, there's so many similar challenges. Uh, the, the time management and, and logistics planning and budgeting. Oh, yeah, that's all. You, I, I, I told those are great points. You all had to do that to hike on the Appalachian Trail. Right. There was so you had to do all of those things, just like you have to do that for yourself when you work for yourself. Right. Yeah. A, a, uh, a typical week on the on the trail is you you hike all day. Uh, you, you. What time are you getting up? Like six a.m., three a.m. Does it matter? It, it it depends a lot on the what your goal is for the day and what the uh, what the circumstances are. Um, if you're doing a short day into town and you're going to stay in town overnight, uh, you might not need to get up early. Uh, if you have a 20 or, or 25 or, or longer day planned, then you might need to get up really early. So That's that 25 can... miles, you just said, right? Yes. 25 miles in one day carrying a how heavy of a pack? Uh, it, it varied, but I, I guess mine was maybe 35 pounds with mm -hmm. food and water. Yeah, that's still a lot. Okay. Uh, so, okay, so you're getting up early if you're doing a long day, and, and, and so your day consisted of hiking. Uh, but yeah, so you hike and you need to stop at some point for, you know, snacks because you can't go all day without eating. And at some point you need to, to get water, uh, probably towards the end of the day near wherever you're camping or, or staying. Uh, and at some point, you know, you, you need to budget for food. How, how far do you plan to go before you're, or how far do you have until your next potential uh, food resupply point? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of logistics. That's not even like once you're at the camp at night, right? Like having to set up and all those other things. Right, yeah, you, you still need to set up uh, set up or tear down uh, your tent uh, or, or, or whatever. Um, I, when I had the opportunity, I stayed, or well, most of the time really, I stayed at uh, uh, one of the shelters on the trail. There's, I think like, about 200 shelters, uh, uh, three-sided structures yep. uh, w with a roof. Um, they're, they're roughly 12, 15 miles apart. Uh, ah, okay, okay. Uh, and then there's campsites interspersed. Uh, but you, know, you, you need to decide where you're going to go. And, well, I, so, so I, I, I usually preferred shelters because that saved you the time of having to set a tent up and, and then take the tent down. 
Yeah, and, that, that makes sense. And then especially if it, if it were raining or whatever. Well, yeah, that will give you some protection. Right. Well, yeah, and you don't want to set a tent up in the rain because then your tent gets wet and then... Oh, yeah. Then right. you have a wet tent that you have to schlep around. Yeah, that's no fun. And then it's heavier and... Exactly. Who knows, it could get mold if it's all, you know, crunched up. So I have a cu another question for you. So, you know, uh, I'm going to fast forward us a little bit. Um, so when you get off the trail and you decided to start, like, what was the decision in deciding to work for yourself versus go to, a, you know, back to a, like, do a startup or to go back to a day job? How did that happen? Somewhere... Somewhere along the trail, I decided that uh, the Appalachian Trail wasn't sufficient. Oh, interesting. It wasn't sufficient for what? For the amazing, something amazing or for your life or? So there's uh, what's known as the Triple Crown of Hiking, which consists of the Appalachian Trail and also the Pacific Crest yep. Trail and the Continental Divide Trail. Yep. And somewhere along the line, I decided I can do the Appalachian Trail. I can also do the uh, Pacific Crest and the Continental Divide Trails. Uh, but those are also, they're, they're actually longer than the Appalachian Trail. Uh, they, they also take about six months to hike if you're uh, not pushing really quickly. And and I decided that I, I had to do them. Ah, okay. Well, if I work for a company, uh, getting six months of vacation time is not likely to happen. Uh, probably not. Probably, probably <laughs> I not. Mean, I, I maybe after like twenty years, <laughs> they might give you a sabbatical or something. I don't know. Do people even stay at jobs that long anymore? Well, the, actually, the um, uh, day job I was at, it, the, when I left the, the company, it was actually sort of the, the, the second iteration of the, the company that hired me while I was still in college. So if I count the, the, the two companies uh, as one, cause, and I do because it, it really felt like one continuous thing, I was there almost 17 years. So you decided that, uh, and why... Um why not a startup? So I get why you don't want to go back to a day job, right? Having six months off. Was it the same thing with a startup that you thought it might require you, like it would be hard for you to take six months away from something like that? I think so, yeah. Um, the, the startup that I worked with, um, I... So I said I was a founder, um, but we, we... So so I did... A, a lot of work there, but I also did a lot of work without pay because we were also pre-funding. Uh, so we were we worked on it for for three years um, with a tiny bit of investment, but mostly it was our time that was uh, making it happen. And uh, I, I I knew that going forward, I, I couldn't put time into something that was uh, that early in its existence because uh, the, the hiking doesn't pay for itself. 
Uh, no, it does not. And it's expensive. I mean, I, I mean, I, I saw your rundown for what it costs to do the trail, right? It was like eleven or twelve thousand dollars. Yes, and, and actually, that's on the uh, on the expensive end. Right, uh, right. But even still, it's, it's probably what's a minute. Let's say, let's say, like a minimal end to do a big hike like the Pacific Crest or Appalachian Trail. People say they've done the uh, the Appalachian Trail on two or three thousand dollars. I think. Wow, that seems really low. <laughs> uh, I I would agree. I think budgeting five or six thousand is a more reasonable point. Well, that makes sense, and I mean, I wonder too if some of the people who uh, like for you, you basically all you had was a backpack, which probably was probably not really suitable and a, and a bladder, a water bladder. Otherwise, you had to buy everything. So maybe the folks who were starting at a lower number didn't have to start from zero with their purchases. Yes. It, I, I think if you, if you already had all of your equipment, uh, you could probably do the trail on 4,000 without too much, uh, too much thriftiness. I mean, you, you, you can't eat at every restaurant you go past. Uh, right, and they probably maybe they stayed outside more often than right. staying at a I, hostel or a hotel when you're in town. Right. I, yeah, I I took every advantage of uh, <laughs> of, of hostels and hotels. <laughs> um, uh, let me tell you, after you've been walking through the uh, uh, the woods for a week with uh, two sets of clothing and no shower, uh, you you really really come to love the uh, the shower and laundromat. Oh yeah, there is nothing like a good shower and like a comfy bed and all of that after being out in the outdoors for that long. There's nothing, absolutely nothing like it. Well, so I have another, so uh, I, I'm, I'm meandering you around here with your tail, but so on there you decided you wanted to do the Pacific Crest and the Continental Divide. And so it sounds like that decision was the right thing for me to do is to work for myself because then basically I'm in control of my money and my time. I'm basically in control of everything. And so I can make choices that support this decision. Exactly. Uh, so, for example, in, in uh, July, I'm, uh, I'm taking four, months, or four weeks off uh, to hike uh, the Long Trail, uh, which is about... 270 miles in Vermont. It goes from the oh. Massachusetts border to the uh, Canadian border. Uh, but I mean, four weeks. No, I, I can't start a job at a company and uh, you know, not even yeah, not even a year into into tenure, ask for four weeks off. That that, that sort of thing doesn't really happen. Um, so I have a question for you. Did you, um, because you've had, I mean, within a short amount of time, essentially, you've had three pretty strong choices of employment, right? Day job, startup, and then working for yourself. That's a pretty good smattering, you know, that's a good variety pack there of the, of, of the choices. But had you, working for yourself, was that something you considered before the Appalachian Trail or no? It was, and I was actually sort of in the process of uh, uh, setting up a company. Uh, a company of one, your own company. Exactly, yes. Okay, cool. So it was sort of in there, but 
Was it before you left the startup? Was it something like, has this been a long-term desire to be, you know, a company of one or no? Was it more shorter really after, after the startup? Well, a- after I uh, left the startup, my immediate thought was, well, I guess I should uh, look at making my own, uh, doing, doing my own thing, make, uh, just doing contracting work and working for myself uh, because it was it, it was something different from what I'd been doing before, and I, 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 I after seventeen years at the same job, uh, I, I needed something different, uh, and that could have been another full time job somewhere else. But at the time, I think I was thinking I'll. I don't want to commit to, to anything. I don't want to commit to a company right now. I just want to kind of do my own thing and, and see how that goes. So you, you work for yourself now. When is the, you've got the long trail coming up. When are you planning to do the Continental Divide and the Pacific Crest? Or are you still, those not quite on the horizon yet? Uh, well, uh, the plan is to do the Pacific Crest Trail uh, next year. And then maybe, and then the Continental Divide either in uh, 2019 or 2020. Um, and I know you blogged from the trail, so can you tell us quickly just a little bit about what you brought on the trail with you from a technology perspective? Uh, so I brought my uh, my iPhone. Uh, I brought my uh, my Apple Watch, um, and I had a. Uh, 2600 milliamp hour battery uh and a bit like that you could plug into that i could plug into so how big is that it was able to charge my phone that had very heavy use and my watch uh every day for seven days oh wow uh, and it still had a little bit of charge left and how heavy was that uh, the, the battery pack was a little under a pound, I think. Oh, wow. That, I, I'm thinking he's going to be like, it's like three or four pounds. Okay. Wow. That's like, you know, I mean, right. Always be charging. Think about like when you go to conferences or anything. So, okay. That, that sounds like a, cause I, I'm sure people like me have wondered like, how the heck does he charge on the trail? So got it. So that, and then when you go to a hotel or a hostel, you would just charge the, the battery up. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Okay. So that's what you brought with you. Uh, yeah, the, the phone, the watch, the, the battery charger, um, and then I had uh, a headlamp that I could the, that had a rechargeable battery in it that, that I could plug into the uh, uh, battery if, if, necess- if, if need be to, to recharge it. But oh, cool. fortunately, I didn't actually have to do that. And so um, how often were you online? Like, was it, you weren't, I mean, you know, did, how much did you connect with other people? Did you email at all? Did you go... Did you go on Twitter or any other social media sites, or were you just pretty much offline for six months or whatever it took? So from about Georgia to uh, the middle of Virginia, the there, there's cell reception at some point every day. Uh, okay. Usually, usually sometime in the middle of the day when you're standing on top of a mountain. Uh, 
Otherwise, unless you're in a town, there probably isn't cell reception. Uh, from Virginia to probably Vermont, uh, there was actually very reliable cell service. Uh, and there was, there was only one day in that stretch where I couldn't get online when I wanted to. Okay. Uh, and then from New Hampshire into Maine, it gets uh, a little more spotty. Yep. Uh, and actually, the, the longest stretch that I was completely without uh, cell access was about two and a half days, I think, in uh, what's called the 100-mile wilderness. Uh, towards the end of the trail. Uh, and that, that's a hundred mile section of trail where there is nothing. There, there's no towns. There, there's no, uh, no chance You're to... You're like wilderness, wilderness, hence the name. Yes. And so did, how was that? Was it, was it relieving and freeing or was it more anxiety? Or at that point you were just like, eh, it is what it is. To, you know, to not have cell access for two and a half days. At that point, it was it was what it was. Uh, yeah. I, I'd gone not quite as long, but I, I, I was used to the uh, the the notion of not having uh, any sort of uh, internet or, or phone access at all from uh, uh, the southern part of the trail, uh, and then in the the middle portion of the trail, uh, I, I actually think I had too much internet access. Oh, interesting. Uh, what do you mean? Like, how so? So, I, I every every five miles or so, I'd I, I'd stop, uh, take my shoes off, let my feet air out, uh, and have a snack. Uh, and in uh, in the south, when I didn't have internet access. Uh, you know, there, there wasn't anything to do. So unless there was somebody else that was there that you were talking to, uh, there, there wasn't anything to do. Uh, but as I got further north and I had internet access, then those short little breaks gradually became longer and longer ah. as I could uh, really waste time uh, reading uh, Facebook and uh, Reddit and Twitter and... Even in the wilderness, we can't get away from it. That's so interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I was actually, you know, I, I really liked it when there was enough internet access that I could get my uh, uh, blog posts up so people know, knew I didn't get eaten by a bear in the woods. Right, which is nice for your parents and friends. <laughs> uh, but having, having the constant internet access, it, it, it sucked me too much back into uh, what was going on everywhere else and ra rather than letting me just stay focused on, on the trail. That makes a ton of sense. I, I get that. Well, here's what I'm curious about. So now you now you're working for yourself, and you have, you have your own company. And when you go to the Pacific Crest Trail, you know I'm I'm curious about what you'll take with you. But I'm also really curious about how you're going to manage 
uh, your clients and your work? Well, for, for what I'm taking, uh, I, I suspect it'll be pretty much the, uh, the, the same equipment that I have now, maybe swap a few things in or out, uh, probably get uh, a new iPhone and uh, watch this fall, uh, since what I have is uh, a couple of years old now. Um, and then as far as managing uh, clients, what, what I'm hoping is that uh, a, a large portion of the, uh, the work that I take on uh, will be either amenable to me disappearing for a while or j just I, I don't accept uh, projects that are going to get in the way of uh, letting me do what I want. Yeah, well, of, of course. And so I'm just curious, like, how other people, I'm sure other people are like, wow, I want to do that. How, how can I manage to work for myself and do something big like this? It's a big requirement of time, right? That's a huge, you know, it's a six-month commitment minimum, right? Uh, well, so th there are always people who manage to do the Appalachian Trail in three months or four months or five months. Wow. They must be booking. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, they must be really fit and they're booking and they're not like smelling the wildflower, so to speak. Right. I mean, I... I at that point, I think it's a question of what do you want to get out of the Appalachian Trail or mm. whatever other long-distance trail you're hiking. If your goal is simply to say that you did the whole thing, then maybe rushing through it is exactly what you want to do. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that do the trail that have uh, uh, a very small window of opportunity. They are trying to do the trail... Uh, right before they start college or right between college and grad school or between college and uh, their, they start a day job or, or even between uh, college semesters. Right. And so they, they go that quickly because that's the time in which they have allotted. Uh, I'm personally of the opinion that you should go slower and take the time to take in the scenery the the people that you talk to are absolutely amazing um yes i know if we had more time i wanted to hear more about uh beast and i think there was uh cheeks and loon and verge so um <laughs> sounds like you met a lot of interesting people on the trail i did yeah no it, the the people the people that you meet on on the trail, uh, I mean, they're all trying to do the same crazy thing you are, and you you meet people from all sorts of different uh, walks of life. I mean, uh, college students, uh, ex-military veterans, um, lawyers. Uh, uh, firefighters, uh, now I'll walk. just all walks. And it, it's really, I mean, you, you just get a, a different slice of 
the world. Yeah, you probably get to meet. You talk with yeah, people you never, you, never you, talk to. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Like that, you would meet someone. That, that's what I love about travel. When I travel, I've sat next to an Olympic athlete who had a bronze medal. I sat next to the um, the head of the referees for the NFL once. I've sat next to someone who was. Um, who worked in the Arctic as a researcher. I mean, how would I have ever met those people, right? It's the same thing for me with travel, what I love about it, and I'm sure on the trail, it's similar. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and so um, I guess I have one final question, which is um, what, what do you think being on the trail taught you that you use now in working for yourself? Was there any sort of... Um, lessons you learned or um, maybe um, something like uh, I guess you had the epiphany about this is the kind of life that I want but anything else that the trail taught you that you use today in your work now the so so in my mind one of the uh, the, the, the there, there, there's debate about this, but the, the Appalachian Trail, I think, is just as much a mental exercise as it is a physical. Oh, that's a uh, good point. I'm sure that's true. And as physically demanding as the, uh, as the AT is, uh, unless you have the, uh, the mental fortitude to be able to push through the rainy days and... Uh, the uh, the the stinky smelly clothes that you've got on, and, and the pain the, probably. I'm sure you and, have and, to and, add pain. <laughs> and, and, yeah, the, the the pain. The uh, I, I was very fortunate not to get blisters, but many people uh. get many blisters. Uh, but it it is physically very challenging. It, it's mentally challenging to be away from everything that you that you've known and done for for an extended period of time and the 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 only way that you can complete uh, a through hike is to make forward progress every day yeah or you know if, if you're not making forward progress you're not making forward progress for a reason you've decided that mm. oh my my leg hurts too much. I can't go on. I need to stop today. Yeah, it's like more. Uh, it's more conscious and and deliberate. Right. Uh, the the people that don't complete the trail are the people who uh, don't put the time in to or that don't think about you know they don't adequately budget that that try and push through uh, without listening to what their body is trying to tell them. Uh, or, or just spend too much time, uh, maybe even just taking in the scenery, or um, yeah, that's interesting. Other, other other various recreational activities, uh, and, and not actually making uh, sufficient progress down the trail. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there's other people who try and rush down the trail, yep. and. They have to. They, they have to stop because they injure themselves in a way that is hike ending. I mean, it's so true. Like, so when I lived in Colorado, I did. Uh, I did a fourteener, right, hiking a fourteen thousand foot peak, 
And I went out with a friend, my friend too, um, one of my dearest friends hiked the Appalachian Trail, by the way. She did, she did, I believe she, I believe she was a through hiker. I know she did. If she was not a through hiker, she did copious amounts of it. Anyway, so we were, we did a 14er and we climbed, I, I think we did 4,000 vertical feet in a day. And, uh, you know, we were going and I was going really slow and these people kept going way in front of me. And then they, and, and, and I thought, oh my God, I'm, I, I looked at her and I said, we're never going to make it. I'm going horribly slow. And she said, uh, look around. And I turned around and everyone, there was no one behind us anymore. And I said, where did they go? And she said, well, they would get in front of us and then they would stop. Remember when we walked by them and they, everybody dropped out. And even though I was going slow, I actually made it, we made it to the top of two peaks, Grays and Tories. They're like right by each other. There's like a saddle that you can walk, hike in between them. And so that was a great lesson to me too, right? To like really manage your attention and your time so that I could actually make my goal, right? Which was the top of a 14,000 foot peak. Right. So, so what, how do you use that today in, because I, I, I have a sense that like you use that somehow in working for yourself today. I, I, I think it's a matter of, you know, figuring out what the goal is and then constantly working towards that goal. Mm. Uh, some, some days you make great progress, some days you just can't. Uh, and it, it's important to keep in mind what you're doing and why. Yeah. Uh, wh what is important to you? Why are you doing this thing that you're doing? Right. And make sure that you, you push yourself uh, so that you, you keep making progress and the times when you're not making progress, it, you, even the fact that you're not making progress is still in service of the progress you're trying to make. You, you, mm. you can't, you can't work seven days a week. Uh, you, you can't work 80, hundred hour weeks constantly. Uh, it, it, it just drives you bonkers after a while. You, you become less efficient. Uh, so you, you need at some point to, to stop and recharge and, and take stock of the situation and just and, and relax. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you and, know? And, 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 e yeah, go ahead. and even if and even if you're not, you know, if you're not actively making progress because you're uh, taking a day off and resting in town or, or you're taking a day off and you go to the beach or you go to the movies or you go to the theater or you just sit down in front of Netflix and watch something all day. You're, you're letting yourself recharge so that you can go back to continuing to push your thing forward. Well, do you think that you knew this before? Like, was this a lesson that you learned before the trail or do you feel like the trail really taught you how to do this? Because it's really I, wise, right? It's really wise advice for people who work for themselves. I think I knew this beforehand, but, but going out on the trail uh, reminded me just how much of, of a break I needed to take. Yeah. Uh, I, I basically not really had a vacation in, in a while. and Like months, years? Years. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's, yeah there you go. Yeah, so I, I was a little bit on the verge of burning out. I was gonna, I and, was gonna ask you. <laughs> I'm like, gotta be. 
So taking six months off uh, really helped me recharge, I think. Uh, hopefully most people won't actually need to take six months off uh, to recharge their batteries. It, it, it's bad if uh, you get into that situation. I realized that through hiking itself was a job. Mm. And that my job for the next six months was going to be hike the trail and write about it. Uh, so I didn't hike the trail every day and I didn't write about it every day. Uh, but I knew what I needed to do and I did it. Well, yeah, have you always, but I, I it just made, sorry, I, I can't stop with the questions. I'm so curious. Um, did you, have you always been a very goal oriented person? Like, are you the kind of person who needs a goal in order to get somewhere? I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, some people are, some people aren't. I mean, some people say you have to, and I, I say, well, whatever works. Um, so got it. So for you, uh, something like, I could see why having, I mean, there's a lot that's really lovely about saying, okay, I'm going to hike this amount of miles, and then you know how you're, you can chart your progress. And I think a lot of times when we work for ourselves, many times we don't either have a clear goal or we don't know what the goal should be, so the progress can be a little bit harder, right, to know if we're making progress. Yeah. Do you set, have you set, so when you went to work for yourself, did you set goals for yourself like that right away? You know, uh, like landmarks or where you wanted to go? Well, since I knew that I uh, wanted to do the long trail this summer, and since I knew that I wanted to do the Pacific Crest Trail next year, uh, that basically uh, put a budget. Uh, in mind. Uh, ideally, I would make X amount this year uh, so that I could cover my living expenses for this year and uh, still have enough left over to hike the long trail and, and not get paid while I'm doing it and then hike the Pacific Crest Trail next year and ah. also not get paid doing it. Got it. So you made uh, some financial goals. Yes. Oh, great. Okay. Any other goals that you made or just financial? That's the, I, I want to say that the financial goals are in service of the, uh, the hiking goals. Right. I, I, I want to be out there, right. uh, in nature, hiking and writing about it. And until the hiking and writing about it can somehow pay for itself, I got it. That, that's the ultimate goal is to, to hike and write about, make money from hiking and writing about it. I, I think so. Yes. That's really cool. And not to say that um, having a goal of money is bad. I mean, I think that that's a perfectly fine goal. Um, I was just curious if, if that was, if there were any other ones that you set, but I think that makes a lot of sense because what you're getting at, I think, John, is is like the why. Like, I think there needs to be reason, and often there is, why we're working for ourselves. And it has to be in service of something bigger. Otherwise, it just becomes a grind or a hamster wheel. So it's been so great talking with you today. Thank you so much for spending a slice of your time with me. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you.